friend Shagan, and uh, uh, right now I'm living in Dayton, in Vandalia, Ohio. I was born in Holland, and um, in 1940 I was married and I had a husband and a little boy, one and a half year old. And then, um, uh, of course, in 1940, uh, the war broke out and uh, we didn't expect it that soon. We did expect it a little bit, but not that soon. And one morning we woke up and then um, the airplanes were uh, going over the house and we run to the window and we hear all the uh, shooting and saw all the planes and the paratroopers uh, what came down and were shot at, which was a terrible. Uh, side, of course, and from then on, uh, we had a very, very hard time uh, because for five days the Dutch people uh, tried to uh, save the country, and they were uh, fighting very hard. And um, of course, the Germans were so much uh, bigger, uh, so many more people that uh, we didn't have a chance, and we still kept on trying for five days. And then after five days, uh, the, they, the Germans said, well, if we were going to keep on fighting, then they would start bombing all the big cities. And uh, they started right away with the city of Rotterdam, and that's where I was born. And uh, of course, then we had to quit because that cost too, m too many uh, people's lives. and. We just had to quit. So that meant that we were under the Germans. And uh, this is very hard if you are a good Dutchman to have to become a German, which is your enemy. And uh, it was uh, after two years, it was so bad that uh, we heard, then they said we were going to uh, have to bring our radios to a certain point in uh, in the city, and everybody had to do that. Be the reason for that was that they did not want the people to know what was really going on. But in England, that's where the Queen and her whole family went to uh, when the war started. Uh, they gave in Dutch all the news, but they, the Dutch people had to know. And the Germans didn't want us to know that. But uh, we just had a new radio, and my husband was very, very honest. And he would do anything, but he said, that radio is not going out of my house. We keep it. And uh, he hided it in some place. So uh, once a week, we could uh, hear all the news what, from what was going on. And then they told uh, us uh, several times that there were so many Jews going to be picked up and, uh, and brought to the gas chambers. And I felt so bad. Everybody felt bad about it, but they felt you couldn't do anything about it. But my husband and I, we had a very wonderful life, and we had that little baby, and we really felt very rich together. We were very poor because not of money, but you couldn't get anything. But and I asked my husband. I said, you know, do you think we can 
uh, get uh, maybe even one Jewish person in the house because at least we can do something and we did have a big house so we could do it. So my husband said, well, if you want to do that, you have to realize that if you do it, if they find them, they take you and me and our baby. And you have to realize that. And I said, well, I do. But of course, I was fairly young. I was maybe 23, 24 when this happened. And, uh, but I thought, well, uh, that I, we should do that. And uh, so I had friends, and they were in the underground. And they came over to my house quite often. So one time I told her, I said, you know, I uh, think we would like to do something. And she said, oh, good. She said, well, I tell them. So then the next day already, a lady came over and uh, came to ask if we would like uh, to take a girl. And we said, yeah, that, that we would do it. And so this girl came to our house. And she was a very beautiful girl, and everything worked out fine. Uh, but of course, you are in fear all the time. And after she was at our house for about three months, she got very sick. And uh, we had to have a doctor. But how can you get a doctor if you don't know if he is right? He might sympathize with the Germans, because that happened a lot of times. It's that's something you can't understand, how anybody can sympathize with the enemy, you know, but uh, it happened. So, but my husband went to my own, our own family doctor, and uh, he said he was, thank God, he was a good person. And he said, well, I come, but I come in dark, because otherwise your neighbors might think that you are sick or your husband, and nobody was supposed to know that we had somebody in the house. So uh, he came over and she was very sick, she needed antibiotics and so the doctor gave the antibiotics to us and uh, so when she got better, uh, she said, uh, Anna, did I talk? And I said, uh, yeah, you did because she was very delirious before she got the antibiotics, you know. And uh, so she said, I said, yeah, you did. She said, what did I say? And I said, well, all kinds of things. I don't really know. And she said, uh, if this happens again, you have to promise me one thing. I said, what's that? She said, you have to roll me in a blanket and put me on the back seat of a bike. And that was the only transportation we had. And bring me to the canal and drop me there because there was no wood for a casket for anybody. But for Jewish people, especially, you couldn't tell anybody. So uh, I had to promise her that, so we did. And then uh, after uh, three more months, uh, this uh, first girl, her name was uh, Susan, uh, she decided that she wanted to try to go to England. And sometimes you could do that if you paid a lot of money, then uh, somebody would help you to get in England, to England. But many times they got caught. And later after the war, we heard she was caught and she never made it alive.
So uh, then after she was gone, the next day, uh, this lady came again and she asked, could we take another girl? And we said, yeah, that was okay. I was pregnant at that time from uh, my daughter. And so she came in our house and her name was Meta. And um, well, uh, Meta and uh, my husband and I, we had a very, very good friendship, real friendship uh, we built up. And she was there during the birth of my daughter. And then uh, we did send out little cards and um, that were um, birth uh, announcements. And um, so that is how they, how it looks like. And uh, we sent one to uh, all our friends and also the friends what uh, were in the underground. And he got one and his fiance got one. And uh, after my daughter was born then, about five weeks later, uh, this uh, friend of mine, Mimi, is her name. She was in the underground. And she said, Anna, we can't find uh, Richard. No place. And I said, well, maybe he is hiding because they are uh, finding out that he is working for the underground. And she said, yeah, but then he could let me know. And I said, yeah, but now maybe, just let's wait a little bit. And uh, well, for weeks we didn't hear anything. And then all of a sudden I got a letter, or we got a letter, and there was a little note, and it said, uh, I found this beside the railroad. Uh, and thought maybe you would like to have this. And because of the address what is on this um, on this card, uh, they send it to us. And on the back of this little card, it said, Dear Mimi, I am on transport to Dachau. Be strong. I love you very much, Richard. So then we knew where our friend was, and she knew that too. And of course it was a very hard time for her too. So, um, but uh, then uh, the time got so bad because we didn't have any electricity and we didn't have gas, we didn't have coal for two years, just imagine, uh, without coal. Without we, we were sitting with blankets around us and we were going to bed early and getting up late because it was cold, just like here in the winter, and no heat. Of course, uh, when the time came for the beans, uh, we had to, you couldn't buy beans, and uh, so you had to do the same thing as with the corn, with the uh, wheat, uh, you had to go to each farmer and ask, could we pick the beans what, what you left on the field? And um, we had the same trouble, of course. Uh, sometimes you got right away, but sometimes you had to go to six or seven farmers. And then uh, we did have, uh, oh, say by the night time, a half a pillowcase full with green beans. And then we were really happy. And then when we were coming closer to uh, where the more people lived, uh, there, we have a lot of bridges in Holland, and there were lots of times there was a German soldier or two, 
and they stood there and whenever somebody passed where they thought they had something they would stop you and then they said um, what do you have there in German of course and then we got off our bike and we opened up the bag and we showed the beans and then they would say oh you can't have that and they took it away and then they probably used it or gave it to a good friend but we didn't have it then and we worked all day on our knees to get it so sometimes we really cried when we went mm -hmm. home <laughs> but uh, then of course um, we got a friend over and they had four children and his wife was sick and he needed somebody to help them very very bad and he knew that we had a meta this girl in our house and he said now she is uh, you always said she is so good and i said well she is he said do you think she would come to my house and she would do my uh, family uh, help my family he said because I really need somebody so uh, we sat down and talked about it and Meta said well uh, you only have two kids and they have four and she is sick and I was healthy so I said yeah you're right I said I think you should do it she said I will and so she went over to that family and uh, helped that family until the war was over she was dead of course when Meta left right away they came to our house again and uh, that the lady the same lady she said yeah she said I have a very hard question now she said um, I have two ladies and would you be willing to take them and uh, my husband says well I don't know but then when she told us the story we said yes because she told us that uh, one of those two ladies uh, she her name was Lisa and her uh, she and her husband were uh, in place in a southern part of Holland and uh, they were in a house where they had 17 Jewish people they had two teachers lady teachers they had a big house and they hide it 17 Jewish people but for all those 17 they had to have hiding places since she was in such bad shape they wanted to her aunt or aunt uh, to go with her so that she had somebody to talk to well we could understand that and and of course we thought we should do that we should help those people so they were coming to our house and when they came um, they we all all the Dutch people had an, uh, an, an, an paper like this it is just like a uh, passport but you have to have your picture in it and also you have to have your fingerprints in it and your name and everything now what the underground did was they stole those from everybody they could find and then they changed the fingerprint and they changed the picture and if it was about the same age then it was all right they couldn't think anything of it and lisa had one like that um, originally the jewish people had a big yellow star on it so they knew right away but um, this was okay so this man in the train they had a raid and they had raids all the time in the train and this 
uh, Lisa was sitting there and this man looked at the picture, this uh, German soldier, and he looked at her and he looked at the picture again and he gave the thing back to her and he looked at her like, I feel sorry for you, lady, and he moved on. And when she came to our house, she cried. She said, why didn't they take me with them? Maybe if I would have seen my, 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 my husband and my daughter, but he just let me go. She wanted to be taken away. So anyhow, when they were um, then uh, living with us for a little while, of course, those uh, people, they didn't have anything to do. They never could go outside. Nobody was supposed to know. And of course, our little boy, by that time, was four and a half and almost five. And um, we kept on telling him, uh, now, Johnny, don't tell anybody that Aunt Mary or Lisa is here. And before we had done that for the two other ones. And then we told them, if you tell, then they will shoot mommy and daddy. And my son never had never said to nobody that, of course, it was always a risky thing. So uh, to keep those two ladies busy, we would uh, have, say, a blanket and tear the threads out, and then they would knit things, you know, all kinds of things. And uh, one day uh, we got a, a little card in the mail, and it said, uh, we, we want to come and see you uh, this coming Sunday. And this was from a brother of my husband. And uh, he was a wonderful person, but his wife was sympathizing with the Germans. And so much that she would tell on anybody, on her own brother or sister she would tell. And we knew that. And I said to my husband, what are we going to do? Because she will tell on us. And I said, can't we read some? But we, there was no telephone and the mail was too late and they would bring their own food. They, they usually did that anyhow when they came to visit, you know. So anyhow, um, they, uh, my husband said, well, we have to let them come. And so we made provisions for those two ladies to stay upstairs all day long. And of course, our bathroom was downstairs, so we had made provisions for that. And uh, I would bring them their meals, you know, whenever I thought I saw a moment that I could do it. And um, this older lady had uh, knitted a pair of beautiful uh, socks for my sunny socks. and. Uh, with a cable in it, and they were really pretty. And so uh, they came, and everything worked out all right. So we did hear a peep upstairs. And uh, then uh, one moment, my little boy uh, went on his knees on a chair. And my sister-in-law said, oh, Johnny, what a beautiful socks. Did Mama made those? No. Did Grandma made those? No. He said, did, uh, she said, uh, who made them? 
and my husband looked at me and I looked at my husband and we thought now we are salt you know we were both shaking and he said my grandma and he just it was so real that they believed them right away and uh, but really what we did was teaching our kid to lie you know but uh, that was the only thing we we could do you know so um i but what else uh, oh yeah and and then also um my um, my father and mother they had a lady living with them also a jewish lady and she was 76 years old and she had 14 children and from the 14 as far as she know, there were two still living, and the rest was all taken away with their families, her grandchildren and her children. Everything was all uh, gone when she came to my father and mother's house. And she really liked to come over to our house, but that was 45 minutes walk, and uh, no buses or anything. So. Uh, my husband, uh, one, one time he went uh, all the way with a little wagon that he uh, got from the milkman and he went to get her. And she came for three days and so for three days we had three uh, ladies in the house. And uh, when she was there, uh, she, uh, I was in the kitchen and uh, she was in the living room with my husband and the two other ladies, they were upstairs and they were always ready to leave. Everybody had to have a hiding place, so we did too. And in the hallway, if you came out of the kitchen, there was a runner. And under the runner, there we had a uh, kind of like an, an, uh, a special thing that you could lift up, like a lid. And if we lifted it up, then uh, they could right away from the upstairs jump in that hole and that was what we here call uh, I think a crawl space where they would jump in and we had told them if something would happen then we would not call names because we were only with the three in the house and they knew that then we would come like Psst, real loud and then they knew that there was really danger and they had everything always in a small sheet, whatever they had. So if something happened, there would be nothing found. And that time that they, they had that too. So uh, I was in the kitchen and my husband came in towards the kitchen. He opened the door and he said, and they're here. And I knew right away what he meant. And so I, I, uh, I went to the steps and I came like right the way, pshht, and my husband rolled up the, the runner and we lift up the lid and they went under and we covered it up and then I went with my husband to the living room. And when I looked out of the living room, they were standing, the Dutch, the German soldiers with the bayonet up were standing in front of our door on each side and then Two other ones were standing a little farther, and two other ones were coming. Uh, had they found those people, then they would have taken us too. 
But thank God that didn't happen. And then in May, uh, it, it was so far that we were so hungry. Everybody was really thin, and and we were really on our rope end. And then uh, the Americans came, and I will never forget that. I will forever be thankful to the Americans for doing this because. We went outside and we saw all those planes and they dropped those big packages down and there was white bread in there and dried eggs and milk and everything. And we just couldn't believe it and it, it was wonderful. It was really, really wonderful. And uh, up till today, I always think about that time and about all the lives the Americans gave, gave for us in Holland. And of course, uh, then we came to America and uh, we are Americans now, proud Americans, and very happy to be an American. Then we got, uh, after uh, a couple of years, uh, well, a couple of years, uh, the, the one Dutch lady, the, uh, the one uh, Jewish lady, Meta, she went to Israel. And she had this, uh, she sent us this, and she had a tree planted in our name, which was very nice of them to do that. And just a couple months ago, I got this note, and I cannot uh, read it very well, but maybe you want to read it for me, because this Dear Mrs. Van Schagen Proper, I have the pleasure to inform you that the Special Commission for the Designation of the Righteous at its session has decided to confer upon you and your husband Keith its highest expression of gratitude, the title of Righteous Among the Nations. This honor entitles you and your husband to a medal and a certificate of honor and the privilege of having a tree planted in your name at Yad Vashem, Jerusalem. These awards will be subsequently forwarded to you at a later date. Please accept our congratulations and best wishes. And it is signed by the Director of the Department for the Righteous of Yad Vashem, the Holocaust Martyrs and Heroes Remembrance Authority in Jerusalem, Israel. Not say that you now walk the final way, because the darkened heavens hide the blue of day. The time we've longed for will at last draw near, and our steps as drums will sound that we are here. From land all green with palms to lands all white with snow, we now arrive with all our pain and all our woe. Where our blood sprayed out and came to touch the land, there our courage and our faith will rise and stand. 